Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC, featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. We had a chance, Bone. We were we were driving. We are going to the Duke game a couple weeks ago. Heard this guy um, uh, breaking down football. He was tremendous. He's got a great podcast with his dad, Sims Complete, which you can check out wherever you get your podcast. He does work for ESPN Radio, analyzing college football. We're going to talk college football. Probably going to ask him about Bryce Young's first year. He is Matt Sims, and he joins us here on the Mac and Bone Show in Charlotte. Matt, it's a pleasure to have you here, man. How you doing? Good morning, man. Thank you so much for having me. How's everything going? It's going good. I well, like- I wouldn't say it's going well, but, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll get to that here at some point. Yeah. It's going, though. It's yeah, going. We're, right. we're headed into season's ending soon, and we're all feeling the vibes right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Right. Let, I guess we'll start there before we get into college football and this championship game and, and, and some other college items. Let's start with Bryce Young. I know you and your pops, Phil, you guys, you know, have done that podcast all year, and I know Bryce has, has come up. What's your opinion? Like, have you kind of formed your evaluation of him? Do you feel like it's an incomplete? It's hard. It it, it feels like a hard eval, I think, because of what's around him. But how, how do you feel about what you've seen? Uh, you know, I'm going to keep it really honest and transparent, man. I mean, when you are on a bad football team that has just bad leadership and coaching, it is extremely difficult for any quarterback of any stature and success to be good. Uh, you know, if you subbed out Bryce Young right now with uh, one of the better quarterbacks or one of the more uh, experienced quarterbacks that we've seen do it year in and year out these past few years, even they would have struggled in this Carolina Panthers offense with the talent that was surrounding him, with the scheme that they were running. So Bryce Young, uh, I have not made the, the final verdict on him, so to speak. I know how difficult this sport is and how difficult this position is. The biggest thing for Bryce is just surviving till he gets an opportunity to be around a better coaching staff that will allow him to really grow and get that meaningful experience of having success and then being able to repeat it consistently. Matt, how much do you worry about the the mental toll that a year like this can take on a young quarterback? Not just the fact you're you're going from Bama to the Panthers and you're losing more than you ever lost in your life, but when you have all the play calling changes, you have the head coaching change, you have everything around you breaking down. How how yeah. concerning is that for you? We saw Carr in Houston never recover, quite frankly, from from year one. How worried are you about the mental side of this type of year for Bryce Young? It's a great point. It's definitely something that is, is a real thing for certain examples, uh, you know, in football, and we've seen it. You're right, you know, and your example is exactly spot on. The biggest thing for Bryce is really not to take it, like, too personally that he is the main and sole reason why they've had their failures and to understand that, yes, he had made his mistakes this year. He needs to grow. He needs to get more experience, but not to carry the weight of the world on his shoulders like it's all his fault. 
and uh, really just understand, you know, as I teach some of my young QBs too, you know, just being, you know, selflessly selfish, uh, selfish with your career and, and really just focusing on the things that you can do better, really being uh, steadfast in your craft and consistently trying to improve and not getting caught up in the things that you can't control. Cause he can't control ownership. He can't control the coaches. He can't control many of the other things that other players do on the team. And that's the thing that really is the biggest difference between the NFL and college, you know, in college, these head coaches, they have power over everybody in the NFL. You know, it, it's unbelievable to think that some of these coaches are able to make grown men uh, really believe in, the bigger picture and uh and i think he's learning that too and also you know that's why the nfl is awesome that's why there are right now probably 10 teams that probably can win the super bowl because there's just that many good football players and coaches out there and you never know what's going to happen on sunday hey matt i want to ask you a question about bryce's kind of footwork and mechanics and again i know that you know you're watching the whole league and you're watching college football so I know you're not watching every throw like we are with Bryce and, and living and dying with it and, and dying That's a right. lot this year. But, like, it just feels like the footwork has gotten different than it was at Alabama. And I can only imagine that he's been affected by the pressure. Have you noticed, like, yeah. mechanical differences? And is that hard to get back, like, bad habits like that as a result of maybe just kind of feeling pressure all the time? No, I don't think that it's, you know, everybody, let's use the, the golfer example, right? I mean, there's guys that, you know, Phil Mickelson, there he is. He's, his golf swing is perfect. It's absolutely just on point. He's putting fantastic, you know, and then three weeks later, uh, he finishes in 50th place, you know, in the next tournament. It's just one of those things where, you know, you can correct your swing. You can correct your fundamentals. You can improve on those things. And even sometimes when you make those corrections work all off season to do it, you know, there are going to be those examples that, you know, in certain games you struggle with or you're not as clean as you normally would be. Uh, so for Bryce, we know that he has the talent. We know that he has the ability. You know, now he has some some real adversity that he's hit, uh, different adversity that he's ever had in his, in his career. And, uh, you know, hey, good for him that he's been this successful for this long his entire life. But uh, when you continue to play the game of football, eventually, you know, you're going to have some tough times. And, uh, you know, I mean, here we are going crazy about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs because, uh, you know, they've lost, you know, a few games. And we're like, oh, my God, Patrick Mahomes, you know, you actually have to try and, you know, work with your team to get better. It's not all about just throwing for 400 yards. So uh, that's what's great about the game. you got to find multiple ways to win. It's not always going to be about how pretty it is at the quarterback position defenses have definitely caught up to a lot of offenses in the league this year. I think that's a big theme across the NFL um, in a league that is focused on trying to make the offense, you know, high powered score, a lot of points. Well, defense has really said, we don't give a damn about your rules. You guys got to get better at getting people more open, more consistently. So um, I think it's a really cool time in the NFL. And I think Bryce, you know, again, just he'll get better. He needs to definitely work on just, being a little bit stronger as far as standing there in the pocket, making more decisive, strong throws. Uh, but he definitely has the athleticism, and he really just needs a better structured offense around him to utilize his skill set more. That is the voice of Matt Sims on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Matt doing great work. 
for ESPN's college football coverage on the radio side. The Sims Complete podcast on social media, on Twitter, on YouTube. A must, must watch where Matt and his dad break down all things at the quarterback position, uh, pro and college. Matt, speaking of pros, we're excited to watch Michigan-Washington for the national championship game. What do you think about Michael Penix, the Washington quarterback? And when you watch him, what stands out? What makes Penix, Penix such a special quarterback? Man, I think I see what everyone else is seeing too, right? I mean, this dude just might be one of the best throwers of the football I've seen in college football in a really, really long time. Uh, my father and I, the other day on our show, were trying to think about another college quarterback that we thought through it uh, as well, as tight of a spiral, as accurate down the field, you know, as flexible as his arm. And it's really hard, man, because he's got the accuracy, he's got the touch, and he's got the power which I think is really the thing that stands out the most. I mean, this dude is zipping it in there in tight lanes consistently. Um, So Michael Penix is uh, one of the great watches right now in college football. And selfishly, I am so excited to see him go against this Michigan defense, which I know will be a tall task for him. But uh, he's absolutely been one of my favorites in college football the past two years as a thrower and as a quarterback. Uh, Matt, when you break down this game, I mean – who do you give the advantage to right now? Because it's an interesting one. To me, I, I eyeball test, I think Michigan's the better team. But Washington's the type of team I've doubted like over and over again this year. And they just find a way to win and make me look dumb. So it's like. I didn't doubt him. I didn't doubt him, Matt. Oh the, my I've, God. I've been on this. Yeah, just so you just That's keep the your 700th time he's reminded us well, in the last someone's week. Someone's got to say it. You know how it is. But, so do you, do you feel some of that too? Like it's almost team of destiny versus maybe better team? Or, or am I off on that? I, you know, I feel like both teams believe and think that they're a team of destiny at this point. I mean, just with what with all they've been through, I mean, both teams being able to to fight through a lot of close games, a lot of tough battles, you know, things on and off the field, especially on Michigan's side of the ball. Um, you know, I was at the Rose Bowl this last weekend. I saw Michigan in person over Alabama, and um, I got to tell you, Michigan is an NFL football team out there. They really are. I mean, they're big. They're strong. They're physical. The schemes that they run on both offense and defense are are just right out of the page of almost being, you know, just like Jim Harbaugh's brother, John, as far as a Baltimore Ravens team. And uh, you can really see the physicality on the field consistently. I thought they dominated that game against Alabama and still almost lost. So that just kind of shows you how great Nick Saban is at managing games and understanding tempo of the games and, and to get his team in positions to be successful. But uh, I, I think it is a tall task for this Washington team. If we go through the checkpoints, you know, who has the better defense, who has the better offense, all that, I would say Washington, the only advantage they have is the quarterback position. You know, that being said, uh, I don't know if Washington's seen a defense like this yet. And I'm really curious to see how, you know, Drill, Johnson, how they match up against Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, who to me are just uh, two of the better wide receiver duos that we've seen in college football in a long time. So this is going to be a fun one, uh, but I still give a slight edge to Michigan just because of their overall size, their physicality, and, uh, and what they bring to the table.
Matt, I have a story involving your dad that pretty much sums up all we're dealing with as Panther fans and media here uh, in 2023, 2024. So your dad's been kind to us on this show forever. He comes on all the time. And I was texting with him the week after Thanksgiving if he could come on and sort of break the Panthers down. And he told me to text him later on in the day for his schedule. So I did. And I'm cooking dinner. And I look at my phone and your dad was calling me. I'm like, oh man, it says Phil Sims. You know, I'm a, my dad's a diehard job. I'm like, oh my God, Phil Sims just called. I thought it would be a quick conversation. I can do it. I can't do it. Um, your dad was doing a, a piece on CBS that week on the Panthers offense. So mm. your dad called me while he was watching film. And we talked for about 30 minutes about the Panthers and what was going on. <laughs> your dad, a Super Bowl winner, one of the great performances in the history of the Super Bowl. A broadcaster since 1995 was asking me questions about what the hell he was watching the Panthers that week. <laughs> well, you know, somebody had to try to explain what the hell's been going on in that dumpster fire down there. And so, there were uh, certain plays he would just say, he'd go, wait, he'd go, wait, what was that? And I knew the play. I said, oh, he's going to see that play coming up. And at one point, yeah. he made an audible gasp. He goes, <gasps> and I was like, I don't know what he just saw, but this can't be good. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. That's never, it's typically not a good reaction when you're watching football. That's hilarious. <laughs> but but it is a justified one with the 2023 yeah. Carolina Panthers. All right. I didn't have any good answers either for him, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good thing is, is that when you're on the bottom of the barrel, there really is nowhere to go but up. Yeah, so, about that. That's uh, right. I like that. Ahead for Carolina, That's uplifting you know? right there. That's uplifting. All right. Hey, we appreciate <laughs> it, Matt. Keep up the good work on ESPN Radio and check out Matt and his dad, Phil, on the Sims Complete Podcast. Thank you, man. Happy New Year. Appreciate you. Yeah. Happy New Year, man. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. If you want to catch some of our earlier segments, our interview with Paul White, formerly The Big Show, go to the website WFNZ.com. Click the Wes and Walker podcast tab, and it'll take you right there. We had him on for about 40 minutes the first two segments of the show. Usually we don't get off the bus with a guest, but we've done it now with a couple of guys that are certainly worthy of that. Reese Davis, surprisingly, 
that he is in the earpiece telling us, hey, I got Reese Davis on the line right now. And this is as the intro is playing. And so that happened when we were up in Boston. We welcomed Reese Davis riding the bus with us. And also Paul White. Need a little bit of a bigger bus for Paul White to ride with us. definitely did. But we got off the bus with both of those guys. And so, again, you can go to WFNC.com and catch that interview. Shout out to Fitty getting that done, you know? Oh, look at him. We're going to need a couple of those graphics. We're going to get a couple of those graphics. Let Fitty cook. I hate that drop. I wish he would. I wish not. I never would have said that. I wish he never gave us that drop. It's the best drop that we got, man. So uh, you're still going to, I imagine there is going to be some graphics out there, some sound bites and stuff. One thing I did want to get to, he said this off air. He was talking about how he had 12 cats. That's something he didn't share. I don't believe that was on air. And so he says every once in a while, like, you know, I just, I need to tell my wife, look, like I can't go out today. I'm in a grumpy mood. I need a book and I need a cat. I need to chill in this chair and I need to be here for the rest of the day. So his wife will ask him which one, and he'll point which one he wants to be a lap kitty for that day, and then he'll read his book, and then he'll get his vibe on. What I want to know is 12 cats, that's a lot. It's a, a lot of animals. Lot. This is somebody that has three, love cats. three dogs and a couple fish tanks. Like, I love animals. 12 cats, that's got to be a lot. What I would want to ask the text line, 704-570-9610, the Carolina Men's Clinic text line, what could get out of control in your life if you allowed it to? Like, something you might hoard. Like, I don't know if it, 12 cats, it's a lot, man. It's a lot of cats. What's something you think you might hoard if, you know, you allowed yourself you to could. go a little crazy? And also, too, just a visual of him holding and petting a cat uh, with those hands. It's a little James Bond villain-esque. Yes, and I have a, a second question for the text line I was going to ask because uh, yesterday, you know, physical therapy, taking care of the back, and... Uh, cat named Carter, one of the trainers in there, we shared an affinity for fast food and sports. And he told me that he had never eaten at a Wendy's. And I just looked at him with a blank stare. And so I want to know from the texters out there, what is a popular restaurant or fast food restaurant that you've never eaten at before that people would look at you pretty wild if you said it out loud. I mean, that was just crazy to me. When All right, so we, we were, we're peppering you with questions. 704. <laughs> Interviewing the texters. 570-9610. Spoonie writes in, I have six cats and a Labrador, so I get it. Joey from Huntersville, dogs. I could have 35 dogs, but I keep it at three. That's how it goes sometimes. Uh, 704 said, I would hoard softball bats. Okay. Uh, Stanford P, I, you know, (laughs) Stanford P says Josh Marlowe memorabilia. I collect that hard for sure. What type of memorabilia is out there, Fiddy, that you have that people can collect? Are there any cards from your church league days with the stats on the back? You know, look, cards, you know, I was one to sell off my game worn shorts, jock straps, socks, armband. How much did the jock strap go for? Three grand. Mm, okay. <laughs> it's kind of a random what number. What about the toboggan? How, how much did the toboggan go for? Um, undisclosed amount. <laughs> I was wondering where in the hell that was going to go. Inside joke with me and Fitty. Casey from Cherryville said sports cards. And then finally, some people are writing in about the fast food. People would be surprised to hear you've never had. NASCAR Mike says Arby's. Joey from Huntersville again. In and out Burger. I've never had that either. That's hard because that's way out of state. But we got some Chipotle references. I see All American Geologist said Popeyes. Yeah, that's Popeyes is good. Do you need to go ahead and hop yeah. on Popeyes? I promise it's good. Fitty, you don't <laughs> like Popeyes? 
Look, man, if if I want dry chicken, I'll just ask my mama to make some. <laughs> Wait, did you just insult Popeyes and your mom's cooking in the yeah. same sentence? I did. A double-barreled insult. You must have had a bad batch, man, because Popeyes is normally very consistent. I can't really count how many times I've had a bad batch from there. So maybe that was your experience, and maybe you should go back. But their chicken is all that. All right. So, uh, yeah, you know, Fiddy is out here making fun of his mama's fudge and his mom's fried chicken. We need to move on before he insults another family member. At Sports Radio <laughs> 92.7 WFNZ. Let's move on to some Panthers conversation. We got a couple of things we need to get to there. So I want to know who the coaches are that might return to Carolina next season. David Newton wrote about this on ESPN.com. Some of the coaches that could return, or maybe you just want to clean house altogether. This is the question I have for you, Wes, because mm-hmm. when Matt Rule takes over for Ron Rivera after Rivera is fired, the only coach that I remember him retaining was Chase Blackburn, the special teams coordinator. It was a wild decision at the time because special teams was not good. In fact, special teams ranked like 28th and 29th in the league. But Blackburn was a part of the interview process. Matt Rule decided to retain him. And then eventually Blackburn would exit just, I think, a couple of years into Rule's tenure. So do you want to have something more like that where everybody is on up out of here? Or would you rather try to keep some of the guys already? Like James Campen is a weird one for me because Campen was viewed as one of the best offensive line coaches in the league. But offensive line is the thing that regressed way more than any other position group this season. So that one's a tricky one for me to try to evaluate. Clearly very respected, but this year went horribly, horribly wrong. Ajero Avero we love, but we also want whoever the next head coach is to be able to make their decisions. Who are the coaches you would actually like to see stick around if that were the possibility? Uh, I think Chris Tabor with the success that the special teams has had. I think if you come in, I think that would be a smart move to keep him on as a special teams coach because I think that's what he wants to do. I don't think he has aspirations to be a head coach or anything of that nature. So I think that he would be a guy that you could point to and say maybe he should be retained. Um, Other than that, I mean, I think for the most part, that's a conversation you have with the coach and say, hey, you know, what are your thoughts here? Do you already have a full staff in mind what you want to do? How many would you keep? How many, you know, will you get rid of? But I think pretty much other than that, Chris Tabor, you know, Jero Evero, if, if he wants to keep him around in his staff, um, I don't see any issues with that. But if, if, if it were up to me and I'm the new coach coming in, I mean, Evero has done a good job with the defense, so I would include him in that mix as well. So I'd go special teams, Coach Chris Tabor. If he wanted to stay, I would I would let him come on and Evero as well. So here's what Newton says are the, have the strongest cases to be kept. Chris Tabor, Adero Evero, Dom Capers, and Todd Wash is the defensive line coach. Todd Wash, he says, yeah. if Evero stays, Wash is a candidate to stay with him. Wash developed 2020 first-round pick Derek Brown into a Pro Bowl caliber tackle end this season. Although you could argue he was playing like this a little bit last year. Not at this level, but he's certainly on his way there. Yeah. 96 tackles. Brown needs only three to have the most by an NFL defensive lineman since 1994, which is absolutely insane. Even if it takes another game to get there, you only need three. You basically were right there. It's crazy. Wash was with Avero in Denver, came into the league with him at Tampa Bay in 07 as a defensive quality control coach under John Gruden. So this is for me, I wouldn't, ultimately, this is where I am. I want whoever is the next head coach to make their decision on who they want to be a part of the coaching staff. If you're asking me who should be up for uh, retaining retaining that spot, 
I would say Avero. Chris Tabor, I would love to have come back at special teams. It does feel like Tabor's in this weird area where he could be an interim head coach and still be downgraded back to his original role because it doesn't feel like uh, maybe I'm just picking up on this completely wrong. I have no evidence to back this up, but it doesn't feel like Chris Tabor is out here getting a ton of interviews to be a head coach for another NFL team. And so if that's the case, and there's just no way he's going to be the head coach, it's not going to happen. Would Chris Tabor be cool with going back to a special teams coordinator job, just sticking around here in Carolina, because I don't expect him to be promoted with another franchise, right? So if that's the case, maybe Tabor is in a unique area compared to other coaches who have aspirations to be promoted to a head coach. He's actually cool with being downgraded back to his original spot. Ultimately, I, I just I want the head coach to be able to make their decision without any influence from David Tepper. And honestly, not really without any influence of the GM. The GM is in that area, too, where you hire the head coach to oversee the coaching staff. So let him make the decisions. Let the GM make the head coaching hiring decision, the personnel decisions for those coaches to work with. And the owner, let everybody do exactly what they're supposed to do, which, of course, is the big problem at hand. Yeah, and so I think that if you bring in you know, a younger coach and, and we ask the question, do you bring in a coordinator with a lot of experience? I think, I think it's important to have at least one coach on staff that's been a head coach before. I think that that always helps if you're a young coach because there are going to be some things that no matter how ready you think you are for the role, you're not quite ready. And there are going to be some things that they can help you through because as we've heard from many coaches, when you go from you know one of the smaller chairs to the big chairs, there's a lot more that comes with it. Even simple stuff like they said of picking Gatorade and picking what's going to happen uh, you know, in lots of different facets of your franchise. So I think it's always important to have somebody there that's got some experience. But for the most part, I think that they should bring in the staff that they want and then try to provide at least one guy uh, that's going to have some experience to help them out. So, you know, it, it, it feels like David Tepper overcorrected based off what Matt Rule did the first time. What you just mentioned was a huge criticism of his tenure here. When Matt Rule hops on as the head coach for Carolina, as I mentioned, the only guy that stayed on board that I remember, I think maybe two coaches did, but I know Chase Blackburn stayed. And Chase Blackburn had some familiarity with Matt Rule during his Giants days, and that was about it. Everybody else is new. Joe Brady, new offensive coordinator. Phil Snow had some NFL experience, but also had gone back to college. That was Matt Rule's guy, and he was never a head coach in the NFL. And everybody else was a Matt Rule buddy. That was a huge criticism. I always go back to Sean McVay when he was hired as the Rams coach. He made it a point to go get Wade Phillips. He said it wasn't an interview process. It's funny to hear McVay talk about it because he says he approached Wade Phillips and said, please come be my defensive coordinator. Here's somebody that has been a bright defensive mind for so long, also has experience coaching an NFL team. Even if it didn't work out with Dallas, it's still a respected guy who has a lot of experience in his role as defensive coordinator, but also can tell you about some of the problems you might have as the main guy. So he said it wasn't an interview process. Hell, it was more like Wade Phillips interviewing Sean McVay on whether he was going to accept that job. And then eventually Wade Phillips leaves. You have Brandon Staley. Staley leaves. You get the idea. Is this next head coach, if it's a young offensive mind, Slowick, McVay, Smith, who or not McVay, Slowick, Ben Johnson, Frank Smith, whoever it may be, are they going to have that same type of mindset? 
And also, if David Tep, if David Tepper makes you overcorrect, just get one. Yeah. Don't get a lot of ex-head coaches. Because that's what happened here. Frank Reich, already a former head coach. So he didn't really need the advice of some of these other guys on how to run a football team. But what happened? You bring in Jim Caldwell. You bring in Dom Capers. You bring in a defensive coordinator who had been interviewed to be a head coach. So you had a lot of guys that were ready to be a head coach or had already been that. So this is one where I actually have a little bit of grace towards David Tepper. I get the idea. Oh, this is something that was heavily criticized for Matt Rule. You overcorrected. You got you went and got everybody. But like I understand, oh, if this is something that we view as a positive, then let's just get everybody. Like it, it was the wrong thing to do, but I give him a little bit of grace there. Let's just go back to what the normal level is. Get one if you're going to hire a young offensive mind and let that work itself out. And not to mention, too, we, we spoke about it yesterday, having those hot guys on the staff that are – looked at as head coaching candidates because Thomas Brown, that's another guy, you know that he has aspirations of one day being a head coach, being that next great offensive coordinator that propels himself into a head coaching role. And so I think when you have guys like that, that you aren't necessarily familiar with, then I think, yeah, it is a bad mix. When you've got a guy that you know and guys on that coaching staff, I talked about it yesterday, how coaches, you know, that's a small circle. No matter you talk about college to pro, any of that, these guys know about each other. And when you try to throw a bunch of guys together or force someone to hire a bunch of guys that he doesn't know like that, it's a bad mix because these guys know each other. They formulate opinions. And the minute things start to go wrong or they see an area where they feel like that they can help, then that's where you get some of the dissension, which is what we had when that athletic article came out. So I think that when this coach comes in, they need really the autonomy to be able to choose the staff that they want. And I think that will bring more harmony, more continuity with the staff. Let's transition to Pro Bowl snubs. Is there any such thing here on the Panthers roster? Because we did get this report, or I guess not the report, but the voting results came in just, uh, I believe, yesterday. And there were a few Panthers that were alternates. We had four Panthers alternates on the list. Derek Brown is a first alternate. Brian Burns is a second alternate. Johnny Hecker, the punter. J.J. Jansen, the long snapper. Those guys were both listed as third-team alternates. So if guys bow out because of injuries or maybe they just don't even want to go, right? If those guys don't attend the Pro Bowl, that's when Derek Brown, Brian Burns, Johnny Hecker, J.J. Jansen would have a real shot at this. Is it pretty clearly Derek Brown is the guy most deserving to make the Pro Bowl on the roster? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we talked about the production and the tackles and you know, his 74, I guess, solo tackles are 10 more than the next closest at his position due to uh, attributed to next-gen stats. And we know the run-stop-win rate is right up there at the top of the league. And so this is a guy that's been tremendous. 31 quarterback pressures. He's got a career-high in quarterback hits. Uh, Derek Brown has been just a force. And you're talking about him possibly breaking a record that hadn't been uh, beaten in decades, but beating uh, Christian Wilkins and becoming that highest title. So, excuse me, not decades. That was recent with Christian Wilkins. But just the sheer project production that he's put together at that position, I think is worthy of it, uh, no doubt. And then also, you know, I had to get it in. I can't believe uh, Brandon Ayuk didn't make it either, but uh, that's another. Hey, story. deserving. So, but this is the problem, right? Because if you're going to kick somebody out, you know, or put somebody in, that's the argument. Who are you taking off the list? I'm with you, Brandon Ayuk. I don't know if I'm putting him over any of the other guys that were there. Like, for me, that's harder. But I, I wouldn't hate it if Ayuk was a pro bowler. I think it's Puka Nakua. 
Because Amon Ross St. Brown didn't get in either. Yeah. So it's Puka Nakua, CD Lamb, Mike Evans, and there's another wide receiver that made it. Um, yeah. Would you be Tyreek, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, Jamar Chase on that's the AFC. AFC side, yep. and then on the NFC side, you've got CD Lamb, AJ Brown, Brown, Mike Evans, Puka Nakua. Okay. So if you wanted Derek Brown to get in from an interior defensive lineman standpoint, you know it'd have to be kicked out, in my opinion. Who's that? Your boy, Javon Hargrave. Yeah. That would be the guy because I can't kick him out over Aaron Donald and Dexter Lawrence. Those two, those two are deserving of another Pro Bowl nod. So if Derek Brown was to be listed there from the get-go, I think Hargrave would have to be the guy. And I could see that happening. Hargrave is a better pass rusher. I don't know about best, but one of the best pass rushers as a defensive tackle in all of football. But his run defense isn't, I don't think, in the same neighborhood as what Derek Brown's is. Not the last couple of years, not this year. And so that would be the only one for me. Is there anybody else that you think does deserve, even if it's tough to try to figure out who to kick off in order to allow a spot for a Derek, if you will? He's pretty much the only guy that I can make a case for. Same here. Same here. Brian Burns, very talented, second team alternate. I'm not kicking anybody else off in order for Brian Burns to get in there. If I'm just evaluating this from an objective standpoint, I can't do that. So for me, you can make that case for Brown. He's the only Panther I can really do that, though, for. Except maybe J.J. Jansen. I don't know about long snappers out here, but J.J., you're a pro bowler in my book, too. Yeah, because, you know, Xavier Woods is the guy I felt like, but he's missed chunks of the year. And then the NFC free safety, Jesse Bates, uh, Demon Deacon, by the way. But uh, he's had a tremendous year, so you can't take him off over there. He doesn't play uh, strong safety. So, yeah, Derek Brown is the only guy that I could look at and say really, really deserves to be on there. And I think he will. I think there's going to be a guy yeah. too that won't play that he'll end up going um offensively just let's finish up there who do you think the best player was offensively this entire season um is that pretty clear too yeah i gotta go with adam thielen i mean chuba hubbard has definitely made a case with the way he played he's played strong especially all things considered uh when you look at what that offensive line was able to put out and how he made the most uh, with that, but I think when you think about Adam Thielen, you know his levels of production were that that we didn't think it was going to be. Um, I mean, coming in a hundred catches, I didn't think he was going to get a hundred catches. I did think he was going to go over the thousand yard threshold, but I didn't see a hundred catches coming. So, yeah, I, I think it's him. Yeah, I didn't see either one coming. And here's Adam Thielen helping out. So I I think it has to be him too. Chuba Hubbard is somebody, if you just go to the players that played better than what you expected, there's not many. I think you would go with Adam Thielen for sure. I think you would go with Chuba Hubbard. I mean, you guys make me. And, you gotta, and, and Pinheiro deserves some love yeah, too, man. I mean, good Lord. We know there weren't a lot of touchdowns to yeah, go around this that's year. Right. He was the guy that was providing <laughs> the scoring. So, I mean, if you want to talk about tangible on-the-field players, yeah, but Eddie Pinheiro has as good a case as anybody as well. No, no, that's right. And I'm not saying this guy deserves to be a pro bowler, and he didn't play better than I expected, but Taylor Moten's been pass blocking very well this year. He's been a good pass blocker. No comment from anybody? Yeah, I mean, you know, he has – he has, he's had his times. Yes, he's he's played well as a pass blocker. Since week, I give him that. Since week ten, he's been the highest grade tackle in all the NFL. We know. Yeah, I'm just saying it's been good. Those are those are cold hard facts for you <laughs> about Taylor Moten. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to three. Sit tight and stay locked because instant replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.
Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Radio 92.7 WFNZ cruising on a Thursday five o'clockers. We appreciate you hanging out with us again. No Hornets tonight. So you've got us for about 20 more minutes. Then instant replay the best of the day here on FNZ followed by the Adam Gold show here on this Thursday evening. So we hope you enjoy it and safe travels up and down the interstate. Really uh, be safe out there. 704-570-9610. Big thanks to Danny Cannell. Former uh, Florida State quarterback, New York Giant quarterback, now CBS Sports College football analyst with us, courtesy of Bet Online. And, you know, we got to talking about Jim Harbaugh there at the end. Now, you know, there are multiple candidates. Uh, someone, multiple someones have texted in today saying, KB, what do you think? Head coach, GM, who are they going to hire? What are they going to do? The coach, that conversation is so much easier than general manager. Like, there are a couple of names I could take you through, Smoke, like Ray Agnew in Detroit, Adam Peters in San Francisco. Uh, there, there are a few more, you know, maybe some guys off the street. Lewis Riddick's name's going to come up every time there's a GM search. But, you know, coach is easier. And, you know, we know that I, I think we can take Mike Tomlin off the board. Um, <laughs> I don't think that Bill Belichick is really on the board necessarily. I don't know that Ben Johnson with multiple options is going to want this guy, but then again, I don't know. I don't know if the the Carolina connection is going to tug at his heartstrings, right? Like I don't. I don't know if if he feels like he could come in here, overcome the owner, overcome the odds, of course, that are associated with that, because Carolina is so important to him. Uh, from Charleston, played at UNC. Like maybe that's the case. All right. So like we, we know there's a general list of guys that we're looking at, and Jim Harbaugh's on it. You know, even if only we know that there should be interest in a guy like Jim Harbaugh. A texter wrote in a minute ago, and I, I think uh, Hype C said, why would you hire a college coach to come back to the NFL? I thought we did this last year. Jim Harbaugh is only a college coach because that's currently where he is, right? I mean, when you look at the man's record in the NFL, the winning percentage, um, you know, getting to the Super Bowl, nearly winning the whole shebang. Three NFC championship games in a row, yeah, guys. Come I, on. I, I, I thought... I thought we'd established that conversation last offseason that we're not calling Jim Harbaugh a college coach, right? Smoke, I thought we did that. He's both, and there's no problem with that because he's so damn good at both. He's restored Michigan football. I mean— And and I don't think people realize, maybe especially like that are younger around my age, 
like when Lloyd Carr left in after 07, of course he had the App State loss that essentially eliminated them after week one. Then they got blown out by Michigan or by Oregon the next week. Then they recovered to have a pretty good season. Uh, but it, it got worse because you had Rich Rodriguez. That whole situation was a train wreck from the beginning. Brady Hoke's like, eh, first year, and then Brady Hoke completely fell off the face of the planet after his first year or so That's right. at Michigan. And there was a lot of questions. Like, Michigan, if Jim Harbaugh didn't come and, you know, everything aligned with his situation falling out between him, Jed York, and uh, Trent Baalke, like, it could have ended in a very similar situation to, to uh, Nebraska if, you know, or Miami if Jim Harbaugh didn't come when he did. Yeah. And even then, like, people were getting mad because they weren't beating Michigan State or Ohio State enough, even though they were getting 10 wins almost every single year. So, like, I don't think people realize how dire straits of a situation Michigan was in before they hired Harbaugh. Oh, no, it was bad. It was very, very bad. Uh, Moving on, 704 number says Jim Harbaugh is a cheater and Michigan's win should have asterisks. So I'm guessing he wants nothing to do with Jim Harbaugh. So that goes for all of Nick Saban's teams, too? Yeah, I I guess so. Um, Few people making the case for Aiden O'Connell. Most of all, Panther Bo, the only Purdue and Panther fan that we know. He's arguing that O'Connell's done enough as a rookie to uh, warrant a further look, says whether that's as the starter or part of a QB competition, he's put together a pretty nice season for a rookie. I only bring that up because I said, I can't imagine that Jim Har- Harbaugh or any incoming coach is looking at O'Connell there. I, I, the way we framed it was, you know, would you rather go to the Chargers or the Raiders? And this is true of a couple of coaches that might be, you know, in it for the Carolina Panthers too, that have options. You know, where else would you rather go and what are the reasons you'd like to go there? You know, in, in L.A. with the Chargers, it's Justin Herbert. It's defensive pieces that are established. You know, in, in Vegas with the Raiders, you got Aiden O'Connell. So I don't think that the book's been written there necessarily, but I don't think they're, they're looking at him as their future yet either. That's all. Uh, 704-570-9610. More of these coming in. Somebody wants Joe Brady as the head coach. Um <laughs> <laughs> he's been an OC for a month. Let, let's, you know, plus no, what him coming to here of all places, yeah. like, like David Tepper, like has to really throw the bag. I think. Well, that's the thing. You know, so much Jamal said that, you know, I, I was, I was talking about, I asked you, Hey, do you think that Jim, who I believe is a pretty, pretty religious guy, pretty devout guy, uh, you know, and I just simply asked the question, would he want to go coach and live in a place like Las Vegas and Sin City? And, you know, I don't have any beef toward Vegas, but some people just don't culturally fit certain places. Um, Jamal said, which is why Harbaugh should come to the Bible Belt and coach the Panthers, which I, I like that. I like that logic there. Um, yeah, there's there's that the whole Bible Belt thing. I just maybe that's that's the argument, Smoke. Maybe that's it. The khaki wearing straight edged, you know, devout Jim Harbaugh. He needs to be in the Bible Belt. That's the angle. That's what David Tepper needs to sell him on. Boom. There yeah, we go. Yeah, we just don't need to tell him that Bojangles is a big fixture around here because he doesn't like people he eating did. chicken. He doesn't like chicken very much. Although, it sounds like Bojangles is getting away from chicken. So, um, I know. Jordan says on a our, – our, our resident uh, professional cage fighter, Jordan Rinaldi, chiming in, says on a personal note, I lived in Vegas for two years, and it's pretty normal outside the Strip. I guess just keeping the players off the Strip would be difficult and taxing. Maybe not all of them. But, yeah, I mean, certain guys, young, rich, professional athletes, you kidding me? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's a concern, right? I mean, I, I don't mean to reference something 
flippantly at all, but you know, we saw uh, we saw what happened to Henry, Henry Ruggs a couple of years ago, right? Uh, so yeah. I mean, bad things can happen. Bad things can happen to Miami. Bad things can happen in L.A. But we've seen bad things can happen here too, unfortunately. Yeah, well, exactly. Bad things happen all over the place. Really? Wow. All over the place. Um, 704 numbers claiming Harbaugh's wife is from Vegas and that's where he met her at. And that that now that's a storyline I'm not aware of. If that's the case. That that thickens the plot quite a bit, if that's true. But then again, we were having this discussion with Sean Payton last year where he met his wife at, here in Charlotte, during the year he was suspended. Yeah. So, didn't really make a difference there, did it? Didn't make a difference. No. Didn't make a difference. Uh, well, 704, also a division, but, you know. 704 number says, Frank Smith cried tears about be- even being mentioned as a head coaching possibility. He fits Tua slash Bryce. Why isn't he being mentioned more? Oh, he has. We've talked about him. Uh, we talked about him when that first profile story came out a couple of weeks back, several weeks back, and we talked about him again yesterday. In fact, give me Josh Norris. Uh, here's Josh Norris, underdog fantasy, uh, former FNZ intern, just earlier this week, I think, making his own prediction for who the next head coach of the Panthers will be. I want to go on record because I don't know if anyone has said this name in association with the Panthers. I think that the Carolina Panthers are going to hire Frank Smith, the offensive coordinator for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Let's say a dark horse name that emerges during this draft process. Damn. What are (laughs) the dots? Why Frank Smith? What is intriguing about him to temper? Well, the offense that he's currently a part of, how being, and obviously the Panthers have no speed to execute that offense at all. But I imagine Adam Thielen going in motion. (laughs) Hey, they have a new Smith Marset. They're trying. Well, I mean, they finally got him involved, yeah, after 14 weeks. Um, I, I do believe that, that Tepper is going to look at modern offenses and try to pick off a piece of that, and they will, that be, in a position, they, and they will be in a position to have to take someone and hire someone a year early. That, that's kind of the conclusion that I've made. Again, it wouldn't be shocking to me if Ben Johnson does take this job. I just think he has better opportunities, a la the Chargers. Uh, Harbaugh has been a name that I've mentioned, mm-hmm. but it kind of seems like, especially with hiring Don Yee, that that connection with Tom Brady and the Las Vegas Raiders makes a ton of sense, as it sounds like Antonio Pierce is not destined for that job, as Rappaport and I believe Palacero came out and mentioned this week. There you go. I mean, even touched on some of the other things we've been talking about. Yeah, Frank Smith, I, I love the point the texter made. Obviously passionate, obviously humble, means a lot to him. But, you know, for those that are still holding out hope or even have a lot of faith in Bryce Young, maybe one of the best examples or reasons why is what's taking place with Tua and Miami, right? A couple of Alabama quarterbacks, a couple of guys who were seen as undersized, a couple of guys who struggled their first year in the NFL. Tua struggled mightily. Now look at him, right? So the Frank Smith thing, I think you have to be careful. I think you have to be careful that you don't get too on the nose. Well, you know, it's because of what they're doing with Tua. But then again, maybe that is the reason, Smoke. I mean, I think Frank Smith's resume at this point at least has enough teams interested that you can justify you know, interviewing him and, and considering, him, considering him heavily. But do you think that's the deciding factor that, hey, this, they did this with Tua. We need, we need somebody who can do the exact same thing here. I, I don't think it should be the deciding factor. Um, I, I also feel like, too, you, you know, there's going to be some people concerned with the fact that he's not calling plays, and, and I mentioned this to you when we uh, talked about it a couple days ago, well, the same could have been said for uh, Mike McDaniel, but look at Mike McDaniel now. Mike McDaniel is one of the best coaches in the NFL. It seems like everyone wants to play for him. I, I also think, too, like we were having the same question last year with uh, Shane Steichen. It was like, well, Shane Steichen doesn't call it offense. That's uh, Nick Sirianni's duty. Well, after one year of uh, Shane Steichen, he's been a tremendous find for the Colts. And without Anthony Richardson, their starting quarterback for most of the year, they have a legit shot of making the playoffs. 
yep. this week. So they do. And apparently he interviewed horrendously with the Panthers. So take that <laughs> well, what you will. Did he or was that the perception? Um, yeah. Yeah. But we you, know. you get the point. So I, I'm also I'm not against the idea of a guy not having offensive play calling taking a job, even though he's an offensive head coach. So, and, and he's also been one of those guys that's been around the league for a while, just kind of been around a lot of good organizations in terms of, and a lot of good minds. Like he was an assistant offensive line coach with the uh, Saints, you know, from the early 2010s to 2014. He was with the Bears uh, as a tight ends coach. And when John Fox was there, was with John Gruden when he first got the L, uh, to Vegas, was with Justin Herbert during his second year. So he's been around quite a few really good quarterbacks. Been around Drew Brees, been around Justin Herbert, you know, Tua, uh, so on and so forth. I, like, there's a lot to like in his resume, but I'm also, I think we kind of got to get to this point, and I, I think we've learned, unfortunately, the hard way because they've bombed on some of these last coaching hires and, in general, just a lot of hires in general over the last couple of years. Just because the resume looks good doesn't mean it's going to automatically lead to oh, yeah, well, everything's fixed now. Just kind of have to go. I feel like we now have to just learn to just go into every single season level-headed. Yeah. Level-headed. Uh, well, yeah, I, I like that. I think we always should, especially given given the amount of pain that folks around here have experienced the last couple of years. All right, 704-570-9610. Carolina Mike wants his credit. He texted us on November the 28th. He said, I want Frank Smith back-to-back top 10 offenses revived to his career. Carolina Mike wants his credit. You got it. I've seen the text. Uh, somebody else, though, said, come on, man. Uh, he's got Tyreek Hill. That's a hell of a crutch for Tua. Yeah. I mean, look, the good Lord only made but a couple of Tyreek Hills. Um, he also has Jalen Waddle. <laughs> he has Jalen Waddle. He has Raheem Mostert. He has uh, – who's the other back? I'm drawing a blank. Um, oh, oh, A-Chain? Yeah, Devon A-Chain. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, he's been banged up the ladder. Well, no, he has. But still, they've got speed. So, Texter, you're right. He does have Tyreek Hill. And there aren't but a couple of those in the history of the game, but you just need speed. You need this. The Panthers need more team speed. That's what they need. You don't have to have a Tyree kill, but you do need, you know, better weapons, more speed. That's what you need. I understand your point, though. Uh, 704, doesn't matter who your coach is if your GM sucks. No truer words, no doubt. Uh, Panther Cliff says maybe maybe Tepper's just a, a terrible coach interviewer. That's what I'm banking on. I guess he's relating or referring to the Shane Steichen comment. Uh, 704 number here, the slightly elevated temperaments of Tepper and Harbaugh would be a media circus. I like it. Oh, I mean, for our purposes, selfishly, for me, Tepper and Harbaugh in the building every day together? Yeah, give me that. Every single day. It's great for what we do. No doubt about it. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan.